Good evening, everybody, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Segman, and with me, as always, is my pal... Noelle Schmidt. That's right. You're listening to a show called High Spirits, in which we drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. Yep. You know, I realize that whenever I uh, say my name, I do that, like, radio, like, Noelle Schmidt, like that kind of, like, <laughs> like nasally thing. I it's don't know thing. why I do that. Uh, it's my thing, so... All right. uh, you know what? We're we're several episodes in, so uh, I feel like you should hang on to your thing. Yeah. Okay. We'll do. Not changing it. Um. So I don't really have any small talk for you, but I did get a question from a uh, listener. Okay. A potential listener. Potential. Well, <laughs> they listened and then they weren't sure. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are catching us in the late episodes. That's fine. There's actually no sequential order. So nope. what they were what they were asking me is, do I have to start at one? Nay. Nay. These are all self-contained episodes. And, um, I mean, go ahead and listen to all of them if you want. But sometimes just look at the title and see what interests you. I mean, I prefer the uh, choose your own adventure route and yeah. start at random numbers. And actually, maybe if you start at episode 43 and then work your way back to episode four and then go to 12, <laughs> there might be some weird linear connection to those. I'm not saying that there is, but there might. I don't even know what episodes those are. It might form like some type of shape or be some type of... Uh, a uh, code breaking thing. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we've it. got the Da Vinci Code written into all these episodes, and you don't even know. <gasps> this show is so cabalistic. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. So anyway, but very long story short, no, you don't have to listen to this in order. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I feel like um, uh, series and episodic television have ruined has have ruined everybody for like the standalone pod podcast. Yeah. Um it's not like breaking bad, you don't have to see No, but thank <laughs> thank thank goodness for shows like Black Mirror, which I still haven't watched uh, all of, that uh doesn't have a through line and it's all standalone oh, episodes. I didn't even realize that. So I think it's kinda like a Twilight Zone type deal. Uh, so I think that people are super into that. So I think that's maybe breaking people a little bit, but we've become such a binging society. Yeah. That we want this like episodic. We want this story. Yeah. Um, There's no yeah. link except for, I guess if, if you want to know the true story of high spirits, um, when we first started, we literally had no idea what we were doing. Nope. Um, and now we have a better idea of what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, we yeah. still a little off the rails, but yeah, I um, mean, we are who we are. Friend of the show, Neil Arsenti said to me the other oh, day, hello, Neil. Hi, Neil. He was like, you guys are up to like 69 episodes. And I was like, yeah, I know. It's weird. He's like, I didn't think there were that many ghosts. Oh, yeah. And I was like, surprisingly, people keep dying. Yeah. And haunting things. <laughs> so thank God for that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I am also watching, um, uh, I think I told you this, um, American Horror Story Roanoke. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm absolutely obsessed. Um, which Roanoke is it? Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like you set it up for that. Uh, uh, <laughs> go back to the Roanoke episode, which is very good and very well done. And watch um, me screw it up. No, it's in so, such a major way. It's so great. Um, are all the, all the usual suspects of the American Horror Story in that? Yeah. Okay. Except for, uh, what's her face is, isn't doing it anymore. Jessica Lange. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, cool. Yeah, I don't watch them anymore. Yeah. I get kind of... I get that. I think I explained this to you the other night when we were talking about it. They start out so 
creepy and spooky, yeah. and then they just take a twist that I don't like. Can you believe that that was just last night? That was just last night. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, it might shock you, but Noelle and I also hang out uh, outside the parameters of this show. Mm-hmm. We're really each other's only friends, as we discussed the other day. I or really like in a previous episode. Yeah. When I lost my phone. Did we, already, did we talk about this on the show? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I lost my saga. phone. It was, it was really hard on us. I don't know how we made it, honestly, but here we are. But here we are. Thank God we found that phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank God. Actually, I got trolled the other day at work. Um, uh, I left and like four people on different platforms um, communicated with me that my phone was left in at work and I didn't get all that until I got home and I had my phone <laughs> with me the whole time. <laughs> and so I was like, is this real or are you right? Just doing this, just doing it. I like those people. That's fun. That's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. That's a, that's a hilarious bit that I hope never happens again. I just realized this mic is scuffing up the table. That's all right. We can't have nice things. Nope. Not here in the bunker. <laughs> yeah. We're back in the bunker, everybody. <laughs> Hello. We're yeah. Ducking undercover. Um, <laughs> all right. Should we begin? Yeah. What are you drinking? Oh my goodness. I am drinking a uh, new Glarus beer. I'm drinking Moon Man. Moon Man. Yeah, it's so good. Um, again, New Glarus, you can only get in the state of Wisconsin. So, so you're technically a bootlegger. I smuggled it over the border. Yeah. No, it was totally legal what I did. <laughs> I'm drinking today Robert Mondavi Cabernet. Robert Mondavi. It's named after a dude. Robert Mondavi. It looks amazing. <laughs> Thank you. It's good. Uh, there's two different kinds of the Mondavi that you can get. You can get the lower one, the cheap one. Oh, I see. Or you can I get like, the spendy one. This is the cheap. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. It's yeah. the Old Navy of the Gap franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you could say that the Gap is the, um, or the, the Gap, gap is the, of the Banana Republic. Banana. Yeah. <laughs> you could. It's just a tiered system. Uh-huh. I don't know where I fall in that, in that uh, hierarchy. Um, I think you're middle. I think I'm gap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank not, you for not saying that. Not in a bad that. way, but I think. Banana Republic is too much linen and <laughs> flowy stuff. Well, for you me. know what it is. Yeah. It's that everything requires dry cleaning. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. No, ma'am. Who has time for that? I mean. I'll Wealthy women of leisure. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Nope, that's it. Okay, I have a story to tell you today. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Thank you, Noah. I'm going to tell you about one of the most haunted houses <gasps> in America, the Sally House. Oh, yes, please. Uh, from Atchison, Kansas. Yeah. I hope I'm saying that right. Atchison, right? Oh. Okay. It's a turn of the century. Thanks for home. listening, Atchison. Atchison. <laughs> It's hard to say. It's a turn-of-the-century home near the Missouri Bluffs in Atchison, Kansas, built in uh, 1867. Um, The home was purchased by a man by the name of Michael C. Finney. Um, And for some reason, I did not put what what year he bought it. Let's say 1867. Okay. Yeah, sounds right. I I think he built it, yeah. Um, Finney died in the home. So I'm going to go take you through the history here. Finney died in the home, um, on September 27th, 1872. So he didn't really get to enjoy the home too much. Mm -hmm. And the rumor is that they lived in the basement 
while the home was still being built. Oh. So, and he had, um, I think four children. Um, his son, his wife was pregnant when he passed, um, in, in 1873, uh, his son Richard was born, um, who actually passed a year later in 1874. A little, oh little, little, I was going to say little Richard, but then that, little Richie. Actually, they called him Edwin. Okay, because I was thinking um, little Richard, the musician. Yes, Tony Fred. Oh, the Rudy. I like that guy. <laughs> um, so let's, we we mustn't call him little. Richard. We will not. Okay, little Eddie. Because they called him Edwin. Okay. So he um, he only lived to be like 15 months old. Um, and then his wife, Kate, her father, also passed in 1874 as well, near the home or on the land. Um, the rest of the family uh, lived on. Um, they stayed in the house. Uh, his eldest son, James, built a house next door in 1879. Um, and then there was his son, Charles who, um, this is just, this isn't really relevant to the house, but, uh, I love this so much. Yeah, go for it. Charles was an expert figure skater. In 18... 18- yes, Charles. <laughs> it's going to get really good. In 1883, he won the gold medal with uh, a woman by the name of Miss Florence uh, Guerriere for uh, best couple skaters. Um, I think this was a local tournament. It yeah, wasn't I was like, say, I don't think the Olympics, the Olympics came back until no 1900s. Like yeah. That? So this was like a local thing. Um, but, but still, but for some reason, gold in 1885, he fell out of favor with the local skating community. <laughs> this is the I, Tanya of Atchison. <laughs> yes. The local paper stated all gentlemen skaters were welcome except Charlie Finney. <gasps> they called it out in the local paper. Amazing. That is amazing. I, what was he doing? We don't know. It, I couldn't find it. It's killing me. All local figure skaters. <laughs> All men welcome, but not you, Charlie. Oh, man. In his obituary. Maybe he just, like, slept his way through the locker room and they were just mad. <laughs> right. Um, it gets better. And Tanya Harding, I hope you're listening because take note of this. In Hi, his, Tanya. <laughs> what up? In his obituary, it states that he frequently dressed as a girl skater and appeared on the ice as Miss Colby from Baltimore, skating so gracefully, few spectators knew his true identity. So good. I'm snapping. I love, 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 love this. <laughs> so, uh, so maybe he was just, he, um, you know, like how Johnny Weir is kind of a biatch. Yes. Maybe he just was like too biatchy for the probably for them. Yeah, perhaps. Like um, he was like nice triple Axel. And they were like, we don't, we don't know if you're, we don't know if you're being sincere, if you're being ironic. Yeah. Apparently, there was some cattiness about Johnny Rippa or Johnny Weir and the 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 new guy this year, the Rippin Aaron Rippin, I think his name was. Oh yes, who I adore. Yeah, he's wonderful. So much personality. So much. Um, he deserves a television show. He sure does. I bet he'll get one. Um, Charles then um, became, he, he got involved. He was a bookkeeper for um, a local physician who encouraged him to get into medicine. And he became a doctor and received his MD in 1894 um, and became, you know, basically, resi- he resided in the house and, um, Married and had some children who then 
continued on in the home. Uh, a few other people that are important to the land and um, the area. There are a lot of deaths that happen, like, within the home and around, which is why I'm going through all of this. this yeah. Will be relevant. Mm -hmm. um, in 1899, the house next door to so the house that um, James, the eldest son, had built, was deeded to a woman by the name of Joanna Barnes. Now, Joanna Barnes was the mother of four and a recent divorcee. <gasps> mm -hmm. Scandalous. Yeah. Um, she, three of her children lived with her. Her oldest daughter was sent to live with um, one of her aunts for reasons unknown. Probably because of this, um, Joanna Barnes had a series um, or had a history of mental issues. Oh. In 1887, she was committed to a state asylum, uh -oh. um, and she was released soon after. Not clear why. It could have been a financial situation. It could have been that they felt that they were unable to treat her, or they might have thought that they had cured her, hmm. but unclear. Um, she... She had been in her life admitted at least twice to mental institutions. Um, and in 1898, she had filed for divorce from her husband. And then in 1899 was when she moved into this house on the Finney's property. Um, she lived in that house until 1906. And she mo actually moved out to remarry her husband. The same one. The same one. Oh, okay. Um, from what it sounds like, I think she'd suffered from severe depression. Sure. Because she had multiple suicide attempts. Oh, my God. Um, and one of them, uh, she turned on all the gas in the house. And she survived, but her son, Frank, who was six or seven, did not. Oh. Which probably only made it worse. Frank. Yeah. Um, you got to get those kiddos out. So keep remember remember Joanna Barnes, because she's going to come back. I will. Um, she died in July of 1926. Natural causes? Um, I think so. Okay. It, it didn't say. I um, It probably would have mentioned Yeah, otherwise. I mean, she, two of her daughters, like, they'd moved out to California. I think they were trying to give her, find a better life for her. Her daughters had kind of, like, taken her under their wing. Um, it, the, the article I read made a point of saying that she had um, gotten to see both of her daughters married. And so I think that brought joy to her. But I think she just lived a very depressed, sad life. Oh, man. Um, on May 4th of 1918, William True, who was married to um, Agnes, who was the daughter of Michael, so the original owner, um, he died in the home after spending three days unconscious. I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm assuming that like they were treating him and he was in some type of coma. Yeah. Um, so he died in the home. Um, on June 14th, 1918, so a little over a month later, Kate Finney, who was the wife of Michael and the mother of all these children, uh, died of gangrene in the house next door. Jesus. Um, that is not pleasant. No, no. And her, her son, Charles, the one who had become the doctor was the one who was like taking care of her and looking at after her. Um, and then, uh. Agnes died in the house, who was the fourth child. Agnes died in the house on November 28, 1939. And then Charles, the doctor, um, died in Topeka in 1947. Now, some reports say that child, or Charles died in the house. Untrue. Charles um, died in 1947. And I'm sorry. Am I getting that? Yeah, that is correct. 
So when Charles died, the house was then rented out because the family had kind of moved out of the area like all of the other descendants. Uh-huh. So the house became rented out. The first family to move in was um, the Dick Mike. I think I wrote this wrong. I think it's the Dick Mize family. They moved in in 1948, but they only stayed for a short time. We're not sure why they moved out. Hauntons. Perhaps some ghostings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then um, it's unknown who lived in the house from 1948 to 1958. In 1958, a woman by the name of Ethel Anderson, who was... Wait, it was 10 years unoccupied? No, they had rented it out, but there's no record. And that's the problem with a lot oh, of this is that the documentation of yeah, things... Yeah, sure. Not great. Like, we have a pretty solid history of the Finney family and who lived where... Um, but as far as, like, occurrences and medical history, which is going to come into play in a minute, unclear. Okay. Um, so in 19- I just wanted to give a renter's tip. If something has been unoccupied or a buyer's tip, unoccupied for 10 years, uh, not a good investment. You're not interested. Yeah. So just say no. Um, also, if you're like, boy, this seems unreasonably cheap. <laughs> <laughs> not a good idea. Not a good idea. Uh, in 1950- Especially in this neighborhood. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, uh, Ethel Anderson moved in. Ethel Anderson, incidentally, was the ex-wife to a man by the name of W.L. Anderson. Um, W.L.'s father was W.S. Anderson. And in the 1880s, um, he had had an altercation with Charles Finney, hmm. the figure skater. So in, <laughs> when he was a young man, it sounds like Charles caused some trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, the altercation was basically about W.S.'s sister. Somebody had stolen her pocketbook, and there were two men in uh, the wherever she was. I think she was at the doctor's office, and there were two men that were there, one of them being Charles. So W.S. had accused Charles of being the one that stole it. Uh-huh. Um, so Charles went to... Charles just wanted a nice handbag. He, right. <laughs> it doesn't sound like he needed the money. It was nicely beaded. Yeah. Um, I think, I really think nicely be different for shoes. Charles right now. I think so too. But Charles uh, was, sounds like a bit of a hothead. So he went to the store that um, W.S. Anderson owned and uh, basically said, take it back. Retract your statement about me. I'm not a thief. Yeah. And, uh, the two of them kind of got into a shouting match uh-huh. and WS's father pulled a gun <gasps> on Charles. Um, and so WS was really worried about his father, uh, Charles bringing charges to his father for threatening him. So oh. they kind of just like washed it under the table, but both men were charged $10 uh, by the town or the city um, for um, uh, disruption. Charles. Charles and W.S. Okay. And so then W.S.'s son, W.L., his ex-wife was the one who then moved into the house oh. in 1958. So not kind of like a weird... Not a lot of real estate in uh, no, Atchison. Atchison. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a, just an interesting connection. I haven't, I haven't Googled this, but I, I just want to see, like, maybe there's, like, ten homes in Atchison. They just rotate. Yeah. It could be. It's like, well, we got in a fight, but... I need some place to live. But if it's like, if it's a small town, like where I grew up, it kind of makes sense where you kind of turn things over and you're all kind of weirdly connected and related and everybody knows each other. And, um, even like in college, 
which was in Milwaukee for me, my friends um, lived in this house and uh, which I had a key for because I was the girl on the couch a lot of times. Um, and because <laughs> I live further away and didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. You know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> my reaction was just like unsurprising. Yeah. Uh, but when they when they were ready to move out, my brother and his buddies moved in. Oh, that's right. And then when they moved out, some other friends of ours moved in. So this house just like kept turning over. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's a totally normal thing. And I probably still have a key to that place. I used to show up and just let myself in all the time. Mm -hmm. My brother's friend, like our friend Krieger hated it. Mm -hmm. He was like, you don't live here. And I'm like, yeah, but I found you the place. It's the finder's fee. Huh? Take that, Krieger. Yeah. Hi, Krieger. Thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So Ethel, Ethel Anderson stayed in the house until 1990. Um, after that, the house was rented to various boarders who never stayed long. And then in 1993, the Pickman family moved in. They were a young couple. The Pittman? Pickman? Pickman. 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 They were a young couple expecting their first child. They moved into the house. Uh-oh. And this is where our story <laughs> begins. Um, okay. So they moved into the house. Everything was fine. And they lived there for 70 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. The end. Well, it's 1990. So they lived there for, what, 27 years? 28 years? I don't know. Sure. The end. Well, thanks for coming. <laughs> Glad we could you tell you a lot, of, lot about uh, dead bodies and depression for absolutely no reason. <laughs> okay. So here is the... Uh, Here's the tale, the story of... I love when people call stories tales. Of the Finney house. Now, um, there are several different tellings of this and several different versions. But um, one telling is that originally the this was the home of the doctor, Charles. Um, he practiced from his home, um, and the family lived upstairs, and his practice was downstairs. Now, in... Like the Huxtables. Correct. Except his was, like, back in the they lived in all of the house but his practicing area was behind it looked like you were just swimming <laughs> it was a side stroke i do a weird side stroke <laughs> um sorry i wish we, we we need to figure out how to film this so you guys can really see noelle in all her glory <laughs> so uh um however there are uh reports that charles actually pr uh, had his practice downtown um on like 5th or 15th Street. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. Um, so I don't know how true this really is. Um, anyway, there was a young girl by the name of Sally, age six, who was brought to his home uh, with a serious illness. Now, here there are two versions. The first version is that her, mo her mother brought her to the house very sick one night. He's the local doctor. We need help. She rushes her to the house. Um, she had been up all night with a stomach ache. And um, the doctor diagnosed her with appendicitis. He decided to operate, but the girl panicked when she saw the tools. Um, and he held her down to give her ether, but she was not fully under and screamed when he made the first incision. Um, he continued out of fear that her appendix would burst and she died on the table thinking she was being tortured. <gasps> that is no way to go. No. And very six. confusing for a six-year-old spirit. Age six. Um, 
the second version. Why? Well, you don't. No, no, go for it. Why wouldn't you just give someone more ether? Right. I don't know. That's why the story is kind of hard to believe because. Well, I guess maybe if you're used to working on adults and you don't want to like over ether a kid because yeah. you could kill her with, with the anesthesia. Right. right. Yeah. Ugh, but I would have been like, give her something. I mean, give her something. Give her something more. Like at least give her some whiskey. Right. I can't. I can't even imagine. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that at all. No, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> Can I tell you something very weird? Mm-hmm. Um, when when you said that, for some reason, my hands got so cold. Really? Yeah. Ooh. I don't know that it's related at all. It's probably just my circulatory system. But when you were like, that six-year-old died thinking she was tortured, I just, like, my hands turned, like, like ice cold. It's, it's, it makes me so sad. Yeah. If that really happened. Yeah, it's awful. Especially because I mean, if she's gonna wander around the spirit world with that. Oh, she's just not ready to to handle what's coming. No. All right. What's the other one? <laughs> Version two. Oh. Sally, who was a little older, uh, came to the doctor around the years 1905 or 1906 with a severe respiratory or with severe respiratory problems. Um, the doctor kind of ignored how serious it was and she died from pneumonia a short time later. Um, the doctor moved out of her house a few months after her death, but she, um, stuck around obviously, um, looking for him and kind of like thinking that, or like seeking him out for revenge. Oh, so, so the doctor moved out shortly after correct. Sally died of pneumonia. Cause remember he died in 1947 in Topeka. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, um, that, those are the two different versions. The first one is the most popular because it's the most gruesome. Yeah. I mean, and terrible. I'm going to sound like a terrible person, but that one was, I prefer that one because it's so heinous. Yeah, of course. It's awful. So, um, okay. So in 1993, um, the Pikmins move in and almost instantly, some weird shit starts to you happen. You don't say. Yeah. So they um, are expecting their first child. Um, Deborah explains that um, they're really excited because it's taken them um, some time to get some time PG. to get pregnant. Okay. So they're really excited to expect their first child. They um, get the they get the nursery all set up and ready to go like early on. Um, but some weird things happen with their dog, who is described as being, like, such a gentle, kind dog. The dog is growling and barking at nothing, specifically Ugh. around the nursery, which is located on the second floor in the house. And so, like, the dog's not having that room and doesn't like it. And they're like, that's weird. This dog never reacts like this to anything. Um Almost immediately, they start to experience lights dimming and brightening on their own, you know, turning on and off, appliances turning on and off. Um, uh, Tony claims that one day he was coming down the stairs and they had pictures lined down the staircase. And he noticed that the pictures had been turned upside down. Oh. And he describes it as them being turned, like, perfectly. Like, they're perfectly straight. That's crazy. Yeah. And he actually, it was fun. It's funny because he's like, at first I thought that my wife was getting on me because I yeah. wasn't helping. And so this was kind of her way of like poking at me. 
Yeah. Um, and so when he called her out on it, she was like, what are you talking about? <gasps> Seems like so, so much effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reach because I'm envis- I'm envisioning, and this may not be it. Like, because you know I'm, I'm a uh, minimalist, so I right. like like, you know, one painting, two painting, three painting. But I'm picturing this to be like kind of that tacky thing where there's just fucking pictures everywhere. Yeah. Um. I don't know. <clears throat> Sorry. But I Pikmin's. I don't, I'm not trying to say you're tacky, but you live in Atchison. Oh wait. Rewind. <laughs> that was like. I'm going to get some hate. I'm going to, I'm just going to sit here silently, not saying words. They seem, they appear to be a not tacky couple. I'll okay. say this. Great. I'm really sorry, you guys. They actually, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a jerk, but so I'm just going to say it. You know how like the Lutzes or we talked about the, um, uh, haunting in Connecticut people, mm-hmm. um, the Snedekers, they kind of come off being a little on the, not quite on the level at times. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of feel like, see or like Doris Thither like him up is really tacky. Well, Doris Thither also had a lot of problems. Well, like, yeah, yeah. She had a lot of stuff. She was an alcoholic and yeah, these folks actually just seem like totally normal. Course. Seem pretty normal for the most part and not. Yeah. So there's some believability to a lot of what they're okay. saying is what I'm, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, I, I apologize. I'm sorry. I really no. sh- I shouldn't call people techie. That's not nice. Yeah. I, I mean, but who knows? Like, you know, we as human beings um, are generally terrible and always looking for to get something out of someone. Except for me and you. Um, <laughs> can My we re- only friend. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I kid. All right. So anyway, um, one night, so they invite, um, I can't remember who it was. They invited her sister, I think, and her husband, uh, out to see the house and um, visit because they had been explaining that weird things are happening mm-hmm. in the house. And so they have guests over that now are also seeing these things because <gasps> they're like, we'll come over, we'll check it out. So they go out to dinner and they come back and they find in the nursery, they had bought like a ton of stuffed animals, all these teddy bears for the baby. Um, they find that all of the teddy bears are in the center of the room in a circle facing each other. Oh, wow. So they then decide to bring in their friend, Rena Leaker. I love her name. Or Rena Liker. Oh, I like Leaker better. I think it's Rena Leaker, um, who also happens to be a psychic. Ooh. So Rena walks in and immediately um, she does her best, Amy Allen, um, and uh, she immediately starts seeing things. So she first witnesses a tall shadow of a man sitting by a window um, in, I believe, the family room, um, who, when she sees him, he gets up and walks towards the kitchen. Uh, She said that she felt the presence of many spirits, um, but also the presence of evil. Oh. Yeah. Um, Now, there are two different tellings of what happened next. Um, This is what the medium said this is what the medium said. Okay. So a couple different things. Um, in one article I read, it, it says that she instructed Deborah to start smudging, which means burning sage around the house. Yeah. Um, of course, the story is featured on the show Paranormal Witness. Oh, yeah. So I watched that episode. Um, and in the episode, Deborah says that Lena told, they also reference her as Barbara 
in the episode. So I think they're trying to protect her name. Okay. Um, Deborah says that she was told to treat Sally like a child. So basically the, the medium goes into the nursery and she's in the corner of the room and she was like, this is where she likes to be. This is her corner. Um, she's just a child. So Deborah explains that, that she's been instructed to treat Sally like a child instead of moving her on. They're like, encourage her. And Deborah's like, I was kind of excited. I've always been fascinated by the paranormal. So this is kind of a cool thing. So they were like, she was like, give her toys, give her things to no, do. No, ma'am, no. Interact with her, scold her this if is she's terrible. acting out right. I don't like this advice at all. No, it's terrible. That's not. So in one point. Okay. You're going to hate this. At one point. I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. Yeah. The, the crazy thing was like, they were like, she said, scold her if she's acting out. Um, so this is one of those things. Cause there's two different reports. There's two different accounts. One is like, it's cause she wants to interact with her. She writes on the pad of paper. How old are you? And she puts it down in the crib. And she said, she turns around and in the, the gift was a baby doll. She turns around, she hears like something. She turns back around and the pad of paper is like pushed against the crib wall with the baby doll behind it. And Sally, quote unquote Sally, has written on the pad of paper seven. And she said she looks back at the she looks back at the gift, which is still wrapped exactly how she left it. What? She opens it up. <laughs> I mean, and it's empty. And the baby is gone. So somehow this ghost was able to get that toy out of that wrapped gift, put it in the crib and write the number seven in a matter of like a minute. That's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. Also, um, Sally died in what? 1907. Did you say 1905 or 1906? But again, <clears throat> not sure. Cause there's no documentation of her. Death. Yeah. I don't want to be a weirdo, but um, how old are you, question mark, uh, to a young female of that time? Right. It's like, can she read? Can she read? Exactly. So that's another. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, she might have. Well, anyway, I she mean, got her answer. But it's if possible. I were, if I were dealing with a, a child ghost, I might say something like, well, let's like knock out how old you are. Or, right, right. Because that's meaning like, like that's the other thing too, is that, um, let's, let's really break it down. We're talking about Atchison, Kansas, which is more than likely a farming community. So how much education are these kids really getting? Sure. And especially a female in 1905. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a nice story, but I don't know how into it I am, but there are some other things that are, I mean, I dig it. I just, I think it's awesome. I just. I'm completely fascinated by that. Yeah. So, okay. So after Lena Keat, what, what is her name? Sorry. Rena Leaker visits the house. Well, that's when shit really starts to get weird. So um, the medium leaves. So the medium leaves. And she's activated all the spirits. Correct. Okay. Um, so up until this point. Did she close the circle? I mean, she clearly didn't. <laughs> Deborah was supposed to smudge and she didn't. Um, she didn't smudge? I don't know. It, did, I, oh, you're un- making shit up. Okay. Unconfirmed. 
Um, but the thing is, is that up until then, everything was really mild. It was just lights turning on, things kind of moving around. Sure. But now it started to get violent. Oh, So fires would break out. No. In various places. Like, but, like, like places apropos to fire, like stoves and stuff? Yeah. Or like just spontaneous in a bedroom or something? Um, I think it was spontaneous. Uh, I didn't get... Honestly, I don't have clarity on that. No, no, no big deal. But like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like certain, yeah. certain places you'd, you'd expect a fire and certain places you'd be like, holy shit, this is crazy. For sure. Like every time I cook, um, my fire alarm, <laughs> my smoke alarm goes off. Can I tell you who? Me too. <laughs> but I, I have the world's most uh, setting off fire alarm. Yeah. I think I've taken the batteries out of one of them because I can't take it anymore. No. Like I... Um, <laughs> like I'll shower and I'll open the door and the fire alarm is right near. Oh there. really? Yeah, and the, I'll open the door and all the heat will escape and the fire alarm will go off and I'm like, Jesus Christ! But that said, um, if there ever happens to be a true fire, um, you won't believe it. Actually, I won't believe it. I'll just like unscrew it. And be like, oh, oh, stupid geez. smoke alarm. Um, yeah, I was at a pl- I was at a friend's place for dinner and. Um, they were like finishing everything up and the smoke alarm went off and they were so apologetic. And she was like, I'm so embarrassed. And I was like, no, I'm just so happy to know I'm not the only one. Oh my God. No, no. <laughs> we're the sisterhood of uh, traveling smoke alarms. <laughs> so, okay. Um, the, a lot of the attacks were uh, centered around Tony specifically. Um, Why? I don't know. Um, again, like because Sally didn't like dudes because the dude killed her. I think that's kind of what the yeah the psychology of it is. Okay, so she thought maybe he was the doctor or correct just the man. Him. Yeah. So, but a lot of bad things happened to him. Um, so, um, this is again like not sure if Charles actually practiced in the home. I don't believe that he did. I think that maybe he would see patients after hours. Um, but one of the things that I read said that, um, the first thing occurred in the room that was used as a surgery room. Again, maybe that was the surgery room for Sally when she was brought in with appendicitis, if that really happened. Well, I will say this, um, that, um, medicine, uh, in and of itself, um, changed dramatically, uh, in, uh, I think after World War One, most um, surgeries took place in people's homes. Yeah. Okay. Because, um, uh, anyway, I read this really interesting book about it, but very long story short, um, because germ theory was fairly new and because people, uh, diseases were so communicable, like uh-huh. um, really only very poor people went to big hospitals and had surgeries there. Because if you had a surgery in a hospital, you would most likely die from infection or staph infection or something terrible. So people prefer to have um, whatever it was, like cutting your leg off or, or, right. or okay. uh, open heart surgery. They didn't have open heart surgery at this point. But like generally people did that in their own homes, which is an interesting oh, thing. Okay. Well, so maybe that is a thing. I didn't know that. Um, and I learned so much from you. <laughs> So the first occurrence happened in the room that was, I, I, I genuinely didn't do me. Okay. I literally um, was like, I was like, no, I'll, I just gave you a friendship card. 
<laughs> you did. I thought you were being mean to me. Um, and I appreciate that. Uh, no, no, no. I genuinely mean that. Um, I uh, so yeah. So the first room or first thing that occurred was potentially in the room that was the surgery room. Um, Tony experienced a terrible cold um, on his arm. Wait, how did this right? I read this out. He experienced a terrible cold on his arm. <laughs> And then a series of long, bloody scratches appeared Shit, on his body. Now, get out. He would, and then he would start to he would start to experience welts and scratches on his arms, back, chest, and stomach. And they actually have pictures of this, so Whoa. you can look these up. And they look like long scratches. And it's like there's one that's like three long scratches on his lower back. Oh wow, they look pretty rough, and it definitely looks like fingernails. Sex scratches. <laughs> So there was one picture that I saw where it was like so much. And then I realized that it was somebody had created that picture. It wasn't him, Uh, but I was definitely like, that's definitely, those are definitely sex scratches. (laughs) (laughs) Those are for sure. Quick in the throes. Short story. (laughs) Oh my God. How much are you going to share right now? I'm going to share a lot. Um, (laughs) So, um, all right, so we all know, like, uh, that there are times when you get sex bruises on, like, your forearm or, like, your upper arms and, like, your shoulders. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, I'll keep going. Anyway. Do so, yeah. Well, I'm fairly anemic, so I'm going to go with yes, I do. <laughs> but you know what they look like because you see, like, they, like, a thumbprint. Right. Okay. Whatever. Um, we're a sex positive show. We are. So <laughs> I, I was working, um, this is maybe almost like eight years ago. I was working at this place and, uh, my boss was wearing a tank top and like trying to be very boss like. And the whole time I was looking at her arms and I'm like, dude, those are sex bruises. <laughs> <laughs> Cause she had like the thumbprint and then she had the. The, oh yeah, the four fingers on the back. <laughs> oh no, really? Yeah. How do you not know that and not wear like cover up your arms? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like when I'm uh, me or other people get hickeys, you have to wear like a scarf. A turtleneck. Or... Yeah. <laughs> you wear turtlenecks <laughs> in the summer for sure. Um, I wear ascots. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I seriously like. Um, also, are you still getting hickeys? Are we too, where I feel like we're too old for that. Can I just put that out there? Oh, totally. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I'm, no. I mean, I have sensitive. I'm trying to think of the last time I saw you wearing a scarf. <laughs> I have sensitive skin. I'm practically translucent. You are. I am vampire. Vampire. That's true. But yeah, like she's trying to explain like some motherfucking like incentivized marketing plan or some, something like that. And the whole time I'm like, I'm like. Yeah, girl. Get it. Get it. Sex bruises. Yeah. Also, I was like, I was like, good for you. She was recently divorced. And so I don't think she had had to do it in a while. Oh. So. Yeah. Get it. Get her. Well done. And also take an iron pill. (laughs) I know I do. Note to to those of you with sensitive skin, iron. (laughs) Take it. It's also. We're going to cut all this out when we edit, right? Nope. Oh. Do we? We don't. No. We should probably. Well. Okay. 
Um, where did so we leave off? Sex bruises, scratched back. They're getting it on. Sally. Sally. Okay. Uh, at one point, he dreamt of a of a girl pulling him from his bed, and when he woke up the next day, there were fingerprint-like burns on his arms. Jeez. The wounds were so bad sometimes they would bleed. Um, often before an attack, he would feel a drop in the temperature, followed by the feel of phantom nails. So, and of course, in the Paranormal Witness episode, it's like severely dramatized. Sure. And it just looks like this man is being tortured. That's so scary. It's very scary. It's like needlessly scary. It really is. I think that's why so many people, and I, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I think that's why so many people are so terrified of ghosts. Yeah. Is because our media has just like jump cut the fuck out of it. We have like all this like minor key, high octave music going. Yeah. And it's always like, you know what I'm talking about with the skitter shot where it's like, Right. It's the same room, but they just do like like dissolves and shit. Yeah. They well, so like the I mean the cine- the cinematography is great, but also But it's all jumps. We've talked about this before. Yeah. It's all jumps. And like it's just a ghost, y'all. The, <laughs> that's scary. Right. So the um the thing with the girl, the dream with the the dream thing, when they showed that on the show, of course it was like horrifying yeah and he's like awake and he sees like this hand reaching for me he's like i just keep seeing this hand reaching for me and then how they close it out is like the face gets closer and closer and then it becomes like a demon face when it gets like right in front of him oh and that's not at all how he tells the story oh but that's how they show it so of course it's horrifying um and miserable and you're like oh and this is why you know i probably have insomnia because um, I watched this shit. I'm pretty desensitized to it, actually, if I'm being honest. Anyway, Tony claimed to have seen Sally's ghost on two occasions. Um, at one point, one time he was in the kitchen and he turned around and she was just like standing there staring at him. I don't like that. No, no. That's why I actually um, never turn my back to things. <laughs> you have to. You, your back I'm, is turned to things right now. I am always. Yeah, but I know that there's a wall right here because we're in the bunker and it's tight quarters. It is tight quarters. Um, but you know how I just sidestep everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are. This is that's phenomenal. why I walk so funny. You look like a crab. <laughs> you have to know your surroundings. Okay, well that explains why you're so slow. <laughs> Me, I turn my back on everything. <laughs> Come and get me, fuckers. But um, I also have the dexterity and uh, uh, gross motor skills of a ninja. Yeah, you totally do. I totally do. Like something, like I, I can see something falling. I'm like looking at things you listeners can't see. I can see something falling and catch it. I kind of want to kick the table to knock your just glass to over see. and just see how quickly you move. Yeah, but don't do that because we're in the bunker. Right. But. You've seen me do it. Yeah. I literally, like, a bottle is, like, like falling off a bar, and I catch it, like, mm-hmm. as it's about to hit the ground. She's like, damn, dude. Right. I juggle it a few times. <laughs> yeah. And drop it anyway. No, I don't. I usually end up, lying, like, with okay. one finger. I hold it up. Ta-da! Ta-da! But I get to bounce it around a little bit to really impress the people. That's and then you break it. Inaccurate. Um, yeah, so my last name should be Spider-Man, not Stegman. Great. Yep. Um, an investigation team claims they witnessed Tony being taken over by an evil spirit that made him want to kill his wife 
and then scratches appeared on his body. Because at one point, they were like, we have to get the fuck out of this house. And so they reached out to a paranormal investigation team, and they came in, and this group, and they're also, one of the guys is interviewed on this paranormal witness oh. show. They're like, this was my crazy God. shit. I'm not kidding you. I think I know these people. Okay. I think I met them at a ghost conference. This is the Eminem guy that I was talking about. He's super blonde. Oh. <laughs> I had no idea you were talking about them. Yeah, they are Tazaki. <gasps> His blonde hair. It's oh, so my good. God. When we <laughs> when we were at the ghost conference... He gave a presentation. They gave a presentation. It was completely bizarre. It was really off kilter. They showed mm-hmm. these crazy scratches. I can't believe this is all coming together for me right now. We were out in the lobby and like, he he's cute. Yeah. They're very, yeah. Yeah. He's very attractive. And maybe that's why they're believable because they're an attractive couple. Yeah. So wait, hold on. Except that he's like strangely blonde. It doesn't match. No, no, it's total Eminem. Yeah. Yeah. He was basically like Eminem's younger brother. Yeah. When I, I mean, and this is years ago, but we were out in the lobby and he was like being swarmed by like all these like female fans. Mm -hmm. And I swear to God, I was with Jason. Uh Uh-huh. Hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. And I was like, oh my God, like this guy is going to get so much ghost poon. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like this, I mean, everyone was just like running out to find them. Um, He's got like the Kansas surfer look. Uh, TM, Kansas surfer. Can I ask you a question? Uh huh. Is there a story about a cat coming up? No. Okay. Well, when we get to the end of this, I have to tell you the most fucked up thing I've ever heard. If this is the same couple, uh, I'm going to look them up really quickly. What are the names? Something? Pickman? Pickton. Pickman. What's his first name? Tony. It's oh. Pickman. Pickman. Okay. I'm. This may not be the right couple, but I don't remember anything about a cat. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, basically there are like with them there, like I said, there are photographs of the scratches on his body. Holy shit balls. This is who this is. Yeah, that's them. (gasps) I am sorry, you guys, I'm staring at this picture on my phone. I have the most fucked up story to tell you when Noel's finished. I cannot believe I met these people. I'm excited to hear it. So, um, in addition to the photos of the scratches, there are also photos um, that the couple took that show just, like, streaks and shapes, like shadow figures, basically. Um, They lived in the house for a year and could take it no more. So, in 1994, they moved out, or their lease was up. Um, You know. So, uh, here are a few other ghosty things that have happened there that other people have reported. Um, others have claimed to see full or partial body apparitions, not of not just Sally, but other people. So, I mean, again, let's think about all the people that died. Oh yeah. On that property. Oh yeah. Um, several EVPs have been taken that have captured many voices and even some animals. So this might go into that cat thing that you have to tell us. Um, a previous resident stated that her daughter played with an imaginary friend named Sally. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, there's a middle-aged woman, and I, I had a hard time finding a little bit more information, but people state that there's a middle-aged woman who wanders the hallway and is seen on the stairs, and I... It's probably the... Wonder if it's Joanna Barnes. Yeah. 
And I think that Joanna Barnes might actually have a stronger presence there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the speculation, is that a lot of this is her. So she's play-acting as Sally. Well, perhaps, yeah. But I think that a lot of, like, a lot of speculation is that she is kind of, like, driving this because she was... But it also could be just be a plan, well, this woman was mentally unstable, therefore she makes the most sense, and she sure. came back... When really she was probably, you know, tragically she was suffering from depression. Nobody knew how to treat her at the time. Sure. Um, so she's a good scapegoat. Well, also, she you said she was divorced in 1890? 1899. 1898 was when she filed. I mean, she had four kids and she filed for divorce. Yeah. Like, you know that that husband must have been the biggest piece of shit in right. America. Exactly. And so it, whatever he was doing to her or her kids, but you know, I mean, because divorce was completely stigmatized. For sure. And like, he must have been like whooping her or something, uh, but something caused her to go back though too, because well, you know how abuse works eight years later. Right. So she has that battered, uh, battered yeah. woman syndrome. Um, so she has that or she, maybe was at a point where she was not well enough to take care of her children and he is the father. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It sounds like her children all lived normal lives though. And except for the one she killed. Except for, yes, Frank. Um, there's a four hour clip from, uh, I I think it's an, a a group called real demon haunting. (laughs) (laughs) I hate them. In the clip, <laughs> I don't know who they are, but real demon haunting. Boo. Yeah, right. Um, in the clip, you can hear at like one hour and twenty seven minutes. Put it, put it right there. Put your hand right there. That's it. Yeah, that's what the EVP says. Four hours, and that's all they got. Ugh. They yeah. gotta, they gotta practice our method of touch my hair. <laughs> it's super effective, you guys. It's a lot more effective, and you don't have to like weed through hours of. Did they say? Because it's the problem with EVP is it always it's infrasound, so it always sounds crazy, right? So even if you can pick it up, you have to discern what it says, and so most of us like psychologically project what we think it says for sure. Uh, pro tip with the touch my hair thing, though: make sure that you are not standing outside or near a fan, yeah, or near a place where there is a sea where wind can be picked up, yes, from the sea, or <laughs> at a barbershop. Because people are going to touch your hair. Correct. Or salon. Um, That's, yeah. Anywhere where they're going to touch your hair. I prefer to say salon. Salon. Uh, In 2009, famed psychic Robbie Thomas visited the house. Do you know him? No. He is a dot net. Um, (laughs) Robbie. (laughs) Does it have a black background with, like, white writing in bold? Uh... No, but it's not, it's also not great. And okay. It's just like one of those pages that just like scrolls yeah. for days. It's like testimonials. Um, he does actually a lot of uh, um, police work. Like he's oh. like a police psychic. Oh. So he does a lot of like help. So I think he does some good stuff. Okay. Um, so a lot of testimonials are actually from like police officers. And there's one guy that's a uh, um, Royal Mounted Police. <gasps> and he's like in his full suit, like in the picture, which is really yes. funny in that red suit. Um, so Robbie, oh, Robbie helped us solve the crime of the missing, <laughs> I'm trying to do Canada. I got it. What, it, what, I mean, cause crime, I feel like is so uh, insubstantial up there. Yeah. 
<laughs> like it's Dennis the Menace type crime. It's yeah, like, but, it's like somebody stole a pie off of Mrs. Watson's. <laughs> but then they ledge. have, but but they also have had like some really fucked up cases where there was that like, um, that couple that um, what the the Barbie and Ken couple. I can't remember what their names were no. in Ontario that like killed her, her sister and they killed I think a couple other people. And then there was that kid who like, um was trying to be a, a model and kept like getting rejected from reality TV and did like a gruesome murder that he YouTubed. And then there was Oh my that, God, I know that story. Yeah. And then there was that dude who like, killed Oh yeah, you're the totally kid. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you all the true crime from Canada right now. There's three. Um, <laughs> there was that guy who was off his meds and killed that. But that guy was actually a, a model. And then he, he went wacky. Yeah. But the dude on the bus who like ate that guy's face off, like, so when Canada does it, they go all the way. They go full Florida. <laughs> hey, Florida, what up? Uh. <laughs> all right, so Robbie Thomas. So, they, like, when they don't do it, it's Andy Griffith. <clears throat> when they do it, it's full Florida. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh. <laughs> That's good. Uh, famed psychic Robbie Thomas went to the house. He claimed to see <coughs> Finney, and I, then I put question mark, because I don't know which Finney, because yeah, as yeah, we were in the beginning, there were many. Um, I think he probably meant Charles because a lot of the centers around Charles. Mm-hmm. Um, he claimed to see Finney surrounded by a dark mass. He also saw two girls named Emily and Anna. Emily and Anna incidentally were, are the names of the daughters of Joanna Barnes. Mm-hmm. And then he saw a third entity that he called, or he claimed was the quote unquote, a devil. Comments? Thoughts? I mean, that's, I'm frowning. That's st- stupid. Yeah. The devil devil? The devil. Well, okay. First of all, Satan. <laughs> Lucifer. <laughs> first of all, if we were to believe Prince there's of a darkness. Dark- yeah, okay. All right. Um, also, why isn't he the king of darkness? If he rules over hell. Thank you. Why is he still Oh, because he fell from. Yeah, he fell from grace. He fell from grace. And was, God's the he king. was the light bearer. Yeah. And he fell down to... All right. Uh, fair enough. Okay. All right. But, okay, if we are to believe that... If we are to believe that there's a devil, and that's fine. Go for it. Um, why in the fuck would he, would the literal devil be in a home in Ashenson, Kansas? <laughs> it makes no sense. Because it's the center of the country. <laughs> which is where... I know everybody oh thinks God. that the Hellmouth was centered in Sunnydale, California, <laughs> where Buffy resided, but really, but it's in the almost, center of the country, Atchison, Kansas. I mean, it's almost as ridiculous as people are like, people are like uh, and God was in the room. Like, it's cool that you believe that, but like, there are so many people on this planet who believe in God. Why would God be in your room? It's almost as crazy as thinking that Joseph Smith buried, or God buried plates in Southern Illinois. Golden plates. No, no, that was uh, upstate New York. Oh, but didn't they move to southern Illinois at some point? They came through Illinois, and then they had the Missouri Massacre, and then they went to... Yeah, but the plates are in New York? Uh, Upstate New York. Have we dug up up, all of upstate New York to find them yet? Uh, Remember when I did the Fox Sisters, and I called it the Burned Over... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's where um, Joseph Smith is from. No, I know that, but I... No, 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 he's from there, but the plates were buried not there. Yeah, he found them in New York. Oh, I th- oh okay. For some reason, and then uh, I mean, did they? 
don't know. We'll talk. I about thought that. it was Southern Illinois, but it doesn't matter. Um, There's plenty of shit. In Southern please, Illinois. if you're a Mormon, email us and let us know where are the plates buried. <laughs> and why haven't you found them? And also Flora Jessup, email us too. Oh my god, hero! I know different, different. You know that's FLDS, but still hero. We should. That's part of our FLDS podcast. <laughs> why don't we have Mormon a- talk with Jay and Noel? <gasps> we could get John Krakauer on the show. Oh my god, your books are program. so good. Oh my god, I love him. If but but by the way, warning, Missoula is very. I triggering. was just about to say Missoula threw me off a little bit. It's a little triggering. That's it's so good yeah. though. So good. Thank you, John Krakauer. You're doing You're amazing really service. doing an amazing service. Yeah. I actually met somebody who was like, oh, I went to um, Missoula. And I was like, huh, um, did you? Are you okay? Um, read the, and I, <laughs> it was a guy and he got so mad. He's like, my school's not really like that. I'm like, first of all, you missed the point. All schools are really like all that. All schools are like that. It's not, it, like, this is the one that we're going to center this, on. But, yeah. But yes, all schools are like that. And I'm sorry that you feel triggered because you're. Yeah, Keep I going. was also triggered while reading that book for so. a totally different reason. Yeah, because yeah. it wasn't. I was triggered because my school pride was damaged. Right, <laughs> I was triggered because um, sexual violence is uh, very real and awful. Yeah, what are we talking about? I think we were talking about the Green Bay Packers. Oh, go back, go. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh, the devil. You asked me to reply to the devil being in the fucking house, and I said that that's really dumb. Yep. Okay. So, of course, then, based on this, the theory is that it's not actually Sally, but a demon disguising itself as a little girl. Um, So, obviously, this story has been disputed and questioned and all the things. Um, Really, the big big thing is that, um, so as opposed to the Lutzes or the Snedekers, basically anybody who has sought out the guidance of Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, the... (laughs) The Pikmins stay pretty true to their story. Like they don't contradict each other too much, and they don't the, they don't change the story. Yeah. Um, well, they do deliver a PowerPoint, oh. and he stands on stage while she uh, flips through the PowerPoint. You know. Yeah. I mean, they've definitely made some money off of this. I think she wrote a book. Um, well, she she certainly is the um, brains behind the operation. Totally. So. And I feel like she does not mind that he has a lot of side pieces. Yeah, I could see that. Because she's the chicken, but he certainly has some uh, mashed potatoes. I don't know <laughs> what you just said. I've never heard that before. You know, you've never heard side piece? I've heard side piece. Oh, chicken and mashed potatoes. We're talking yeah. about like the meal. Yeah. <laughs> so she's 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 the main course. She's the meatloaf, but like she don't mind him uh, fucking with some peas. <laughs> I've never heard it that way before. That's amazing. All right. Uh, so th- some of the stuff is that, um, like, just like the debunking or the disputes, there's not a ton out there, but it's more or less that we don't know that Sally was actually a person that existed. Right. Um, there is a woman who lived in the area who died in 1905. Her name was Sally Elizabeth Hall, but she was not a little white girl. <laughs> So that's a thing. And there is also a theory too, that um, the doctor had an affair with a black woman. Wait, the gay doctor, this figure scared? Well, the gay doctor who did have, was married and did have a family, but yeah, 
he there's a theory that he had an affair with a black woman and had um, a biracial daughter that was kept secret and that okay. potentially she is Sally. That's fun. So that's another theory that I neglected to write down like because that. there's not a, a lot about it. Um, by the way, I meant gay figures figure skater in the most respectful way. I know you did. I know. And by the way, <laughs> it's almost a redundancy. Charles was way You could just say figure skater. Male figure skater. He was ahead of his time. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, he skate danced as a woman. <laughs> so good. <laughs> you know what? And I like that he did that, like, unashamed. He was like, you know what? You can't stop me from skating. I will skate. <laughs> Do you know who's going to skate dance as a woman? Me. And barely anyone's going to notice. So Tanya Harding, that's how you need to get back on the ice. Yeah. Drag it up. Totally. She's got those broad shoulders. Oh, man. She could do that. She's going to have to tape down her boobs a lot, though. <gasps> that means that Charles had to, like, put some socks in there? Well, no, I was just thinking about his, his weenus. He oh. probably had to, like, do the uh, drag queen move. Yeah, because he probably had to wear, like, a lady... A lady leotard. Thing. Oh, man. <laughs> I need to know everything about him. Um, sounds amazing. So Sally Elizabeth Hall died in 1905. Um, she was married for 16 years. And during that time, she had 14 children. She, uh, zus. But here's what's really sad. Only two of them outlived her. Um, her grave is unmarked. The only way to locate it is that they have two little white flags outside. So that's how you know it's her. And, um, she shares her grave with her daughter, Claudine, who is one of the two that outlived her, but only outlived her by two months. My God, in heaven. Yeah, it's really sad. So how many years? 14 kids? 16 years, 14 children. Jesus Christ, she should have had a... So she probably died because she was constantly pregnant. Uh, 100%. But yeah. also, like, if the learning channel hadn't, you know, if they had become TLC and they had been around at that time, they would have made millions. So they, she would have been totally fine. Because she would have been like, <laughs> the daughters. I'm, I'm quiver, quiverful. Right. But, so she's the only. You know that damn religion. I do. I yeah, I do. She's the only Sally uh, that died around that time that <laughs> is known of, but it doesn't make sense necessarily that she's the one in the house. Um, and like I said earlier, it's just really hard to know what the truth of all of this is or the history of it, because there's just not much documented. Yeah. But as we know of like the little girl, Sally was not a thing. So that's a, a made up story. Um, if you want to know more about the Sally house, uh, <laughs> it was featured on uh, the TV show sightings in the 1990s. Remember that show? No. Oh, I love that show. Um, and actually, the crew of that show, when they were filming, um, had such a strange experience. They decided to make a movie out of it, which is called Sightings, Heartland Ghost. came out in 2002 with this all-star cast, <gasps> Bo Bridges, <laughs> Nia Long. Duh. Uh, Nia Long. Um, oh, I, I thought you said Deal. Nia. Yeah, you know her. Yeah. Um, and Miguel Ferrer, recently deceased. Oh, that is. Miguel Ferrer. Yeah. He's can't think of anything that he's been in right now off the top of my head. Why is Murder in the Heartland featuring so many Latinas? Um, I don't know. Isn't I, is Nia Long Latina or is she African-American? I, well, I can't, I, I don't think I'm picturing her correctly. I don't think you are. Um, but anyway, that seems, it seems like an odd story that concerns just filled with like white ice skaters. <laughs> 
So, well, I think it's based on their experience. So they must play the crew. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, back. I'm back. Sorry, that's guys. Okay. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, the Ghost Adventures crew went there as well. Get old Zach Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> that guy in his pants. Um, <laughs> Show yourself. Uh, what are you afraid of? Stop it. <laughs> You know me, my tactics for speaking and hanging with ghosts is just to scream and taunt them. Not a fan. Uh, That's not going to make anything worse. And as stated earlier, you can see this on the show Paranormal Witness, where Tony and Deborah share their account in uh, season three. Um, What's happening with the house today? I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> in two th- so the house was purchased uh-huh. by um, a descendant of the Finney family. Why would you do that? And so the town, the the state of Kansas actually tried to make this make the house into like a historical landmark, no. and, and he actually sued them. Yeah, for the rights to the home, and they lost. Yeah. So. Um, but anytime he tries to like renovate or do anything, they fight him on it, like city ordinances. And so it's like this constant battle. This guy lives somewhere in New York. He's like, makes a ton of money doing whatever. Um, so he's actually really not present. I think probably he's got a management company that takes care of it. Um, they listed the house in 2016 for $1 million. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's actually a really good article on Zillow uh, um, about the house being for sale for a million dollars. And it's, it, yeah, it kind of like gives an overview of the history of the house. Um, so like, like, we, the, is, is it like the house is probably worth a hundred thousand dollars and the other $900,000 is worth the experience of being ghost. Yeah. Something? I mean, basically he was selling it as an investment and like, you're going to sell, you're going to market. This is like a, Got a it, tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in on November of 2016, the listing was removed, and the last listing price was at 499,000. The actual estimated value of the house, like you said, is 116,501. Yeah, it's a piece of shit house. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's so funny when you started telling the story. I was like, oh, and it's all coming back to me because I saw the PowerPoint presentation. I know who that guy is. Yeah. So if you want to go to the house, they give tours. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're interested, you out there who are listening, yeah. Uh, if you want to visit uh, Actions in uh, Kansas, which I do think is pretty close to Kansas City, okay. Um, the in the months of September and October only, you can do self-guided tours for ten dollars. Um, there are also day guided and overnight visits um, for groups up to ten. On Monday through Friday, from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., it's $100. On Saturday and Sunday, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., it's $150. What? Yeah. After hours. So for the uh, after hours, so after 4 p.m., it's $150. And then the overnight stays are, um, again, up to 10 in your group, $100 a person. You can also participate in an investigation which is led by doctors Sean and Christine Daly of Seven Directors Paranormal Investigation and Solutions or 7DPIS. <laughs> okay. 
That's how, uh, that's actually what it says on the I, website. Yeah. Um, and actually, this is all coming from like the Actions in Kansas uh, Board of Tourism website. Sure. Uh, so they're like are welcoming all of this. They want this in their town. So as I opposed would imagine to it's good revenue. Yeah, as opposed to like the Velisca Axe Murder House or the Amityville House, they're welcoming this. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, keep in mind if there are if there really are spirits in this house and you're going there, like we want to be respectful and uh, it's, it's tough, you know, like we, you want these people to move on. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very conflicted by a lot of this stuff, but mostly just be respectful, be respectful of the home and be respectful of the community because people live in this town and these houses are very close to each other. So um, that's all. So if you want to go in an investigation, they do that as well. Um, it's 18 and older. It's a novice level investigation. So they <laughs> coach you through it. They encourage you to bring your camera. Who wait? Who has a camera? I don't know. Bring your camera. <laughs> Just, phone. Yeah, bring your phone. <laughs> bring your camera and your boom box. <laughs> it made me laugh. And then um, that tour is $65. So I feel like that's the best bang for your buck. Yeah, I do. Um, Hit that novice tour. Yeah, do it. Report back. Let us know how it is. So that's the Sally house. Okay. Sally, probably not a real person. Okay. I so, have a quick one for you. I'm dying to hear What's this. What's his name? Rick? Tony, but Tony. he looks like a He looks more he like, looks a like a Rick, dude. Yeah. Uh, so Tony Pickman. Um, okay, so this is several years ago. This might be like 2008. So that's a, a decade almost. Um, Jason Williams, friend of the show, uh, and I were at our first ghost conference here in Chicago. And this dude is up there and they're showing like full screen. Cause it was at the Portage theater uh-huh. showing like full screen, like, like his demonic torturing and all that shit. Right? Yeah. Um, so he and his wife are like tag teaming the presentation. Like he'll tell a bit, she'll tell a bit, he'll tell a bit. Remember how you said in your thing that, like, he was acting crazy? Uh-huh. Like, he started to act, like, not himself, and he started to act, like, kind of like a loony, too? Well, they said the paranormal investigation team said that they thought that a spirit had taken him over and he wanted to kill his wife. Yes, that's where I was, like, footnote that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> this is the craziest thing I'd ever heard in my life, and maybe, <laughs> maybe still. So, Jason and I are sitting in the theater, and... This dude, like, so he's like, I was taken over by a demon spirit. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. And <laughs> he's like, I'm in the kitchen holding, I'm not shitting you. He goes like this, holding a massive knife. What kind of knife do you call that? Like a butcher's knife? Yeah, but a butcher, I feel like a butcher has a cleaver or whatever. But it was like a giant knife. I okay. Don't know. Whatever. Like a. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm doing a lot of object work. I'm sorry, audience. Okay. So he tells this story that um, his wife came into the kitchen and turned his her back to him. He was about to stab her in the back with this giant knife. But divine intervention. Ta-da. Um, a cat <laughs> came through the window <laughs> of the kitchen. It's the deus ex machina. Cat. It is the craziest thing. But listen to this. This is how fucked up Deus this is. Deus ex catina. So the cat 
Not their cat, because I asked questions later. <laughs> this cat walks into their kitchen from their open window. Yeah. The fuck? Kansas. Yeah. People leave their windows open. Screens, mama, screens. Anyway, but whatever. Bugs, guys. Yeah. Mosquitoes. Come on. Jeez. Anyway, so this cat, like, comes in, and just as he's about to, like, brace yourself for the worst thing you've ever heard in your entire life. So, like, his wife has his back, her back turned to him. He's about to stab her with this giant fucking knife. Instead, divine intervention moves his arm, and he puts that knife through the middle of that cat. Nope. Stabs it to the counter. Yeah. Yeah. And then he turns to his wife and they both stare at each other and they're both like, oh my God. And they collapse in each other's arms because um, uh, he didn't kill her. What? He killed the cat? Oh my God. Everyone's listening to this story except for me and Jason. Everyone's listening to this story like this. Like, like that story makes so much sense. (laughs) I literally went out to the lobby and this like like low rent Eminem has all these women around him and they're all like, Oh my god, you're such a hero, what a good story. And I was like I was like, dude, you killed a cat? <laughs> he goes, Yeah. I'm like, Your cat? And he said, No, it was a stray cat that like jumped into their home and walked across their countertop. And then I was like, What? <laughs> dude. Um, trust me, it was it was beyond bizarre. I actually had to extricate myself from the situation. One, because I am constantly afraid I'm going to get murdered at ghost conferences because I ask too many questions and you've been there with me. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, two... Or we fall asleep when they turn the lights off and we've had too much beer. <laughs> don't service beer. Uh, oh my God. Also, don't turn the lights off. This motherfucker murdered a cat in the Sally house. I can't believe he killed a cat. Yes. Oh. Yeah, I was like... I oh, don't understand. That's really sad. I guess they leave that off their presentation nowadays. Yeah, that was, I mean, maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention to the paranormal witness because it was more kind of like background, to be honest. Got it. Uh, well, they, they probably they probably heard the cat story the way I did, and they're like, we can't show that on television. Yeah, that's horrible. It's horrifying. It, I mean, talk about burying the lead. Everyone was like, oh, your wife is safe. And I was like... No, the cat. I, what, what, you killed a cat. Whose cat is that? Yeah. And how did you get it, like, in one awful swing of the knife and got it stuck to the counter? It was disgusting. Right. What he didn't share with everybody was that nice old lady Walters had posted up signs all throughout the neighborhood saying, <laughs> have you seen Fluffy? Seen Fluffy? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen my cat? Uh, he's like, yo, I have. She's an orange tabby. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I seen her. I'll put a knife in her. God. It was a stray, but yeah, I mean, she was wearing a collar, but totally God, a stray. God intervened that day, so I murdered a cat. God, I hate that. Yeah. That's horrible. I, honestly, before I, I... You guys have been listening. This didn't kick in until very late where I'm like, I know this guy. I hate him. <sighs> anyway. Anyway, if you're listening, hi. Sally House. Hi, Tony Pickman. Tell people about the, the cat you murdered. You murdered a cat. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to the end of our program. Uh, you have been listening to High Spirits. This is a show in which my friend Noelle Schmidt and I drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. Yeah. Um, Noelle, what you drinking? Uh, tonight I'm drink- drinking Robert Mondavi Cabernet. Robert Mondavi 
It's named after a dude. Yeah. And I am drinking uh, New Glarus Moon Man, which is amazing because my friend Noelle is a bootlegger. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we always appreciate your listenership. And Noelle has one last terrible thing to say to you. Sweet dreams. <laughs> <laughs>